0: Welcome to Tony Broom Ministries. Isn't it good to know that you can hear old-fashioned preaching from God's anointed word, presented in a way that you can understand what is being said? That's what happens when a person is born again. God writes His law in your mind and puts His word in your heart. The title of the sermon this time is, It Fills Your Heart and Blows Your Mind. words of the old Negro spiritual Christmas hymn says, sweet little Jesus boy we let you be born in a manger. Sweet little Jesus boy we didn't know who you was. Just seems like we can't do right Lord. Look at how we treated you. That's how things is down here Lord. We didn't know who you was. So many times Preachers have said that if you get right with God, you need to go back and make things right. Well, here's one preacher that don't believe that. If you get right with God, you don't have to make things right because they are right. There's no way you can go back in your life and make things right with everybody that you've ever offended. Because if I could do that and save myself, I wouldn't need a Savior. And I don't believe that you have to go back and make everything right. But I do believe that America... If they repent, they need to do more than just say, okay, I repent. If America repents, we need to go back and change those things that we have done against God and quit doing them and don't do them anymore. We have to go back and make some laws, new laws, that undo the old evil laws that were put in place. Just like when our Constitution and Bill of Rights was made, the 18th Amendment, They did good. They said, we're not going to mess with alcohol. We're not going to serve alcohol. That's wonderful. Then by the 21st Amendment, they said, oh, we didn't mean to do that. They overturned it. So they had done good, and they went back and overturned it and put evil in. You know why? Because Uncle Sam knows there's too much money involved in alcohol. Drink responsibly, they say. That's just a disclaimer to put on it. No, you shouldn't drink at all. Run them out of business. That's a responsible thing to do. So you cannot make everything right that you've ever done wrong. But America, as a nation, nationally, we not only are to say, Sorry, God, I did wrong. But we have to go back and we have to change those things. And change those evil laws that put things in place that should not be in place. Legalizing same-sex marriage and abortion and All these things that we put our legal stamp of approval on. We need to go back and say, if my people who are called by my name, it's not just talking about the church repenting. The true church doesn't need to repent. They've already repented. It's talking about our people who used to be right with God and they're not right with God anymore like America did, and like Israel did, and they're not right with God anymore. America used to be right. It used to be built on solid foundation, and now she's turned away from God. She has to come back to God and say, I've done wrong, I repent, and I need to get right with God. And whatever I need to change, I'll go to the courthouse and go to the Washington and change those things. God spoke through the prophets in the Old Testament That there would come a time when he would make a new covenant with the house of Israel and Judah. They had messed the first one up. They had broken it. Jeremiah and others talked about it. And it's so important that it is quoted at least twice in the book of Hebrews. He talks about that new covenant that he would make. I don't know why God is such a covenant God. I know a lot of things about God that I didn't know before. But I still cannot understand exactly why God is so eager and desirous to make a covenant with us. Why in the world would He want to make a covenant with us? He had everything all right between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. They were eternally bonded together and they were enjoying this wonderful divinity fellowship throughout eternity past. And then here we come and He messed it all up. But God had a plan. He had already put a plan in place. God had already finished before He even started. You know that, don't you? He had finished before He started. He had already put a plan in place before even the first star was ever made. He had already put a plan in place where old Tony boy could get right with God and be saved. He said, you you need a new covenant. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6. Now hath He obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is a mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. The good thing about the first covenant, it was so glorious that Moses had to put a veil over his face because his face was shining. But it was only a temporary thing. He could put the veil on his face and cover it up. And he could go in and speak with God and take it off. And he could come back out and he could cover it up again. But when you read in Moses, they still had the veil on their hearts. Because it was a temporary thing. But Jesus Christ comes and He has a more excellent ministry. Moses' ministry was glorious. But 2 Corinthians chapter 3 says the ministry of Jesus Christ is more glorious. He has a more excellent ministry. How many saints have I heard say, I wish I could live during the time of Peter. I wish I could have lived during the time of Paul or Moses. Not me. I'm glad I'm living right now. I don't want to go back to the no old covenant. And I don't mean to throw off, there's nothing wrong with that covenant in its place. But everything in it pointed to the new covenant. Instead of having a critique hat on, a critique hat we need to take off our critique hat and go back and repeat the session that Pastor Mark had on the things in the tabernacle that all of them pointed to Christ. And he couldn't, of course, hit all of them, but he hit a lot of them. And they pointed to Christ, every one of them, the altar, the labor in the foot, the table, the candlestick, all of those things, and even the Ark of the Covenant, all of that pointed to Christ. He is a mediator of a better covenant that was established upon better promises. What were the promises of the first covenant? Basically one. As long as you're doing, you're living. The moment you quit doing, you quit living as far as the old covenant was concerned. He who does those things will live in them. Long as you were doing what's right, you're okay. But the minute you stubbed your toe, you fell over. That was the promise of the old covenant. But the promise of the New Covenant is established on better promises. What are they? Well, here's one. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. Believe on Him and He'll sanctify you. Believe on Him and He'll baptize you in the Holy Ghost. Believe on Him and He'll heal you. Believe on Him and He'll bless you. Look to Him, praise Him, worship Him. There's a whole lot of promises in the New Covenant. If that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. If the first covenant had done all of what God really wanted to do, he wouldn't have had any reason to seek for another new covenant. For finding fault with them, you notice it didn't say finding fault with it. The law, Paul says in Romans chapter 7, is holy and just and good. There's nothing wrong with the law in itself. But we couldn't keep the law because we fought the law and the uh, law won, you know. We couldn't do it. The Apostle said, we can't even put this yoke upon the neck of the new Gentile disciples that neither we nor our fathers were able to bear. Why do we want to burden them with something we couldn't even keep ourselves? Jesus Christ came and He kept the law for us. He is a mediator of a better covenant. If that first covenant had done all of what it was... To do, and God wanted it to do, there should no place have been sought for the second, for finding fault with them, it's us who mess it up. He said, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. A new covenant with the house of Israel and Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers, in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. Spiritual infantilism. Infantilism is a word that means that the person is an adult, but they still want to be a baby. Now all of us enjoy acting like babies sometimes. That's why we keep the grandkids around so much. We can all be sponge SquarePants, square but we can all act like babies sometimes. We don't want to be going around saying goo-goo, ga-ga, ga-ga all the time. Come on, Israel. Let me give you a hand. It's time to go out of the land of Egypt. You know that the Bible even said that they went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. They went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. That means they had to be hooked together. They didn't have sense enough to walk by themselves. You had to hook them up together. They went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. They were free from Egyptian bondage, but they still looked like slaves, they still walked like slaves, they still acted like slaves, they still smelled like slaves, even though they were free. This covenant, God had to take them by the hand and actually lead them out of the land of Egypt. And He said, this covenant, the new covenant, is not going to be like that. They continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. I couldn't even have a relationship with them that I wanted to, because they broke my covenant. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind, and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. Now instead of having spiritual infantilism, you have spiritual maturity. In the New Covenant, you have something that you could not have in the Old Covenant, and that is spiritual maturity. We can grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You don't have to stay a spiritual baby all your life. You can grow up in Christ and be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. This is the covenant. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts. It will fill your heart and blow your mind. He will put His laws into your heart. You don't have to have a list of do's and don'ts. You don't have to have a list of shoulds and should nots. God has His law in your heart. You say, oh, law, that sounds bad. No, the law is legalism in the old covenant. But when you're born again... The law is love. It's a law of love. James talks about it. Pastor Mark talked about it the other week. The law of love. We give. We give our tithes. Some people say pay your tithes. Whatever expression you want to use. We do it not because we have to. Because we love God. It's a law of love. It's not a law of legalism anymore. It's a law of love. you feel like you've got to, you have to. Keep it in your pocket not going to do you, nor God, nor anybody else any good. But if you do it because you love God, He blesses you, He blesses others. Everybody's blessed all the way around. When you get right with God, when you're born again, one of the wonderful things about being born again is He puts His law into your mind. You don't have to have a police force. If everybody in America was born again, we wouldn't need a police force. Because everybody would be doing what's right. Now you say, now preacher, you really mean to tell me that you believe that if a man gets born again, that he'll do what's right? Yes, he will. God puts that into your mind. You don't even think the same way you used to think. That's why these people that say they are born again, they claim to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, they're still on the left, they think left, they vote left, they do left. I have a problem with it. You don't have to convince me, I'm not the judge. But if you still think the way you used to think, you still drink the way you used to drink, you still stink the way you used to stink, you still do the way you used to do, there's not been a change in your life. You have not been born again. When you're born again, your old things have passed away and a new has become. You're a new creature in Jesus Christ. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts. Just like He took those rocks and Moses on the mountain and He wrote on those rocks. I know every one of you believe that God took His finger and He wrote on those rocks and He gave them to Moses. Well, just in the same way, when you got born again, He started writing in your heart. He started writing in your heart. When He wrote your name in the Lamb's book of life, He started writing in your heart. This is what you're going to do. This is not what you're going to do. You're going to do right. You're going to think right. You're going to be right because you are right. He gives you a desire in your heart. And it feels good, brothers and sisters. I know it's not by feeling. You don't go by feeling. But it feels good to lay your head on your fat pillow at night and know, dear God, that everything is all right. You have a desire in your heart to do what's right. You don't have to sing, everybody's going to... Come undone tonight up in here. I'm going to hurt somebody tonight. No you're not. You're going to do what's right tonight. I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. We'll have that relationship that you never could have before because they were breaking the covenant. They shall not teach every man his neighbor, every man his brother saying, Know the Lord. They will not constantly have to be told what to do. We always say, I don't want nobody telling me what to do. Well, why don't you do what's right then, nobody won't have to tell you what to do. When Austin, our nephew, was younger, he was going to school, and he had this thing. Aunt Peggy had to pick him up. So here comes Aunt Peggy, she picks him up. One of these days, it was one of these days, mama's grandmas, you know. One of these days. (laughs) Aunt Peggy said, Austin, what's wrong? I'm just tired of all these people tell me what to do. <laughs> well, when you get in this new covenant, you don't have to be taught. Come on, Junior, brush your teeth. Come on, Scotty, let's go to church. Come on, Sandy, let's get ready. You won't have to be taught everything to do, because you'll know what to do. Every man will know me from the least to the greatest. During the time of revival times, we see this happening. People just know the Lord. They just get saved. Everybody wants to have something to do with God all of a sudden. Revival time. And it will take place during the millennial reign of Christ. When that devil's bound in the bottomless pit, praise God for a thousand years, he won't have evil influence over the earth anymore. And everybody will be doing right and doing good. The Hemp Hills wrote a song about it. I'll be glad when everybody's singing Jesus songs. When you turn on the radio, you won't even find Fox News. Goat news. Bull news. Whatever it is. You won't find any of that. Every station you turn on will be a Holy Ghost filled song. Preaching of the word of God. I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. Their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. God is the only one. Dr. Billy Graham said. He's the only one in the universe can really forget. God can choose to forget. And he will and has forgotten all those sneaking evil things that I've done. Another good thing about being right with God is all those things. When you get closer to God, the closer you get to God, you think back on some of those dumb things you used to do, and you say, how in the world could I be so stupid? God forgave you of all of that. All your sins, He's taken them and washed them away and plunged them into the sea of forgetfulness. What a wonderful thing to know that our sins are forgiven. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 11. Every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. It's called spiritual redundancy. Or as your grandkids say, boring. (laughs) They're doing the same thing. Every day, every morning, every evening, every morning, every evening, all those lambs, all those meat and meal offerings, and they're going through the same thing every day, and none of it could actually take away sins. They keep on offering those things year after year, and day after day, and week after week, and month after month. Spiritual redundancy. And that's the way some people's relationship is. They go to church, they go home. They go to church, they go home. But nothing happens in their heart. Nothing touches their heart. Nothing touches their soul. But I want you to know that the religion that I'm talking about, it will touch your heart. It will fill your heart. It will blow your mind. Praise God. Something that I'm talking about will get a hold of you when you get a hold of it. This man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sin forever, sat down on the right hand of God. You're talking about completion and fulfillment of redemption. He completed it when he said, Telestai, it is finished. He completed our redemption. All of that is finished. All of the covenant has been fulfilled. All the law is fulfilled. Jesus Christ once and for all offered Himself for all and went into the holy place with His blood and offered it in the holy place in heaven. Henceforth expecting till His enemies be made His footstool. People will either get saved and be His friend or they will stay lost and be His enemy. By one offering He hath perfected forever them who are sanctified. That's why we need to let Him sanctify us. Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness. He bears witness with our spirit that we are right with God. And you have that witness in your spirit. Nobody can convince you otherwise. The devil tries to tell you not saved. Pastor Ronnie had a good one for that one. Pastor Ronnie said, alright, if you think I ain't saved, that's good. I'll go get saved again then, praise God. If you think I did, I'll just get saved. What do you want me to do, get saved? No, the devil's just trying to convince you that you're not saved and that is more reason that you know that you are saved. The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are right with God. We know that we're saved and we can know that we're sanctified. After that he had said before, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds will I write them. Their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. It's an amazing thing how God can put His law in your mind and write it in your heart. And it fills your heart and blows your mind. Paul said, I've known God and I've known the things of God and I have raised the dead and Paul healed the sick and he did all these things, but he said there's one thing I just can't figure out. All this thing of how God it has gotten a hold of me and I'm still trying to apprehend it. I haven't obtained all of it yet. Paul didn't even know. He didn't claim to know it all yet. Nobody knows it all yet. It's still a mystery. Well, the mystery has been cleared up to us, but it's still being revealed to us. And while the ages roll, I'll keep on praising Him. And my voice will never tire or grow old. And I'll keep on praising God throughout the endless ages of eternity. And we will continually be revealed who Christ is and who we are in Him. A wonderful thing that will never get old. You're talking about something that will never get on. It will never get on. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is what fills our hearts and blows our minds. When they came to Jesus and they had the water pots, and Jesus said, fill them up with water, and they brought them to the governor of the feast, and the water was made wine. But it wasn't the wine that did the trick. It was the water of the Word of God. He said, fill the pots with water. And sometimes, Lord, we feel like we're just old water pots. Let you fill us up with water, Lord. Take the water of your Word and fill us up with water that we'll go out and wet this world for Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, that you would... Bless us with that Word, with that fullness today of the Gospel of Jesus Christ to reach the world for Him and do everybody good in Jesus' name. Amen. As you open your heart to the Savior today, He eagerly awaits the opportunity to come in and have communion with you. It fills your heart and blows your mind has been a production of Tony Broom Ministries.